Well, good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A, and I have, uh, live here in Colorado, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Today is Thursday, December 15, 2022. It is 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled, We Agnostics. We are on page number 49. We're going to be reading the first paragraph beginning with, instead of regarding ourselves as, ending with rather vain of us. We'll read and comment on that paragraph only. Today's readers are Team Thursday. 12 steps, we have Joni C., Readers of the text, uh, the reader of the text today will be Martha Z. Our closing reader is Nancy C. And the backup reader is Barb W. Our 12 traditions will be Judy N. And our newcomer greeter is Ann A. And second hour moderator is Matt J. F. All right, well, here's the reference numbers for yesterday. So pull out your pen and paper. It's Wednesday, December 14, 2022. That's yesterday's recording. If you're looking for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording, it's 19,749. That's 19749. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 19,750. 19750. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contribution. Neither soliciting or accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So what's our sole purpose? OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. All right, well, I'm now going to ask Joni C. to start us off by reading the 12 steps. Good morning, Joni. Good morning. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, gratefully recovered but not cured. The 12, to 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
can, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his, for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a great day. I will now ask Judy N. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning to you, Judy. Good morning. The 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great day. Well, thank you so much, Joni C. and Judy N. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing today, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today, we resume our study in the chapter We Agnostics. We're in the big book on page number 49, reading that first paragraph. I will now ask Martha Z to begin reading. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for your loving service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. 
Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? Good morning, my friends in recovery. So um, I was trying to think of how I was going to be how I was going to relate to this because I was just thinking about how I came to have my relationship with my higher power be the most important thing. And I did not think that my intelligence was the last word or any of that stuff, but I was just too afraid to let go. So um, about 20 years ago, we were really struggling with my older daughter. And I felt like I needed to protect her. She was doing things like driving down the Schuylkill Expressway drunk in a rental car. And um, and she was always telling me that I was smothering her. And I understand how she could have felt that way. Um, I didn't think I could do a better job taking care of her than God could. I just was too afraid to let go. And I was not really an overprotective parent because I wasn't like that with my other daughter. Um, but anyway, so at the time I was 14 years physically abstinent. In terms of emotional and spiritual abstinence, I had a very long way to go. So um, I started to act as if, you know, that God was going to take good care of her. And I would every, many times a day, I'd just say to God, like, you know, I, you know, I lovingly leave my daughter in your hands. I trust you to take good care of her. I trust you with her life. And, and in a couple months, I kind of turned around and I could see that he was doing a lot better job than I was. So that was kind of my beginning. And, and I really, I, I'm amazed at, at, um, at amends and recovery. And because today we have a really positive relationship. And I, I was hoping that we, I would just be able to be neutral after all she'd put us through, you know, and, and that resentment's been lifted. So grateful. So about 12 years ago, I started in this big book step study and really started to, you know, um, work the steps. I mean, really live in them. And, um, today I'm, I'm really grateful for OA. I'm, I'm grateful um, to not be fighting food and weight, but I'm most grateful for this relationship with this God, my God, that helps me with everything in my life. And I really, I don't want to do God's job. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't want to do God's job. I want to do his work. So anyway, thanks for letting me share, and I'm so grateful to be with all of you. Thank you so much, Martha Z. Well, this is awesome. We value everybody's experiences on the line with us today. We ask that you limit your share to every third day. That way, um, others can have the opportunity to share their experience, too. So I'll take one name at a time. Who would like to share on what was read today? Nancy P. Nancy P. Tanya D. Tanya D. Tanya D., yes. Thank you. Did you get Nancy P.? I did, Nancy. I got you. Phil M., I got you. Gloria G. Gloria G. Mary M. Anybody else? Is it Carrie or Terry? 
That was Mary, Mary M. Mary, thank you, Mary. All right. And one more. Anybody else? All right, well, let's start off with that group. I have Nancy P., Tanya D., Phil M., Gloria G., and Mary M. Go right ahead, Nancy P. Hi, good morning. Uh, thanks, Jen, for your service. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, I've never thought of myself as a spearhead of expanding creation gods or otherwise. And I for sure have changed my thinking on my place in the cosmos. But I do admit that I used to think my own intelligence was all I needed. But I've heard most of the people who share on the line and most of the people who are in OA talk about how they used to just plow along under their own power, arrogant and prejudiced. Um, but today I know I know nothing and I embrace it. And I'm kind of in favor of originating out of nothing and rushing nowhere. I need to know this thing that takes care of me, that gives my life meaning and direction. And that's why my life has meaning today in the headed places. Um, the other day, someone spoke about asking themselves, where are they being agnostic? As though it was a problem and something that they had to change about themselves. And their solution was to be more into God, and that's why they reach for their answer. That's how they reach for their answer. That's the beauty of the program, is that everybody gets to find their own path. <clears throat> and my answer is to reach for more and more agnosticism, less of me thinking I know everything, and then I get the joy of the answers coming to me without any thought or effort on my part. And for all my years in OA, I felt like I was missing a part of myself. I couldn't put the food down. I hated everyone at the meetings. I couldn't believe in God, and I was always angry about all of it. And then when I started at the beginning, I got this tiny sliver of a glimpse of something. I didn't know what it was, but it caught my attention, like a firefly in a cave. And I reached out in the dark and grabbed it like a cat after a mouse, and suddenly I felt whole. And when I, when I reached for something I didn't believe in, I kept eating and I stayed sick. And I've lately come to think that one of the reasons I dislike the spiritual terms in the book is because I might need something bigger than God. Who says that God is the end? I don't know. Not, I don't say that. But when I did every single thing this book said and every single thing my sponsor told me to do, immediately and as hard as I could, I got better. Today, I still do every single thing I was told to do in the beginning, and I do every single thing I've learned to do since then. And today, finally, I comprehend the word serenity, and I know peace. And one thing enabled me to realize, to make real these promises and all the steps of my recovery. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. First, last, and always. With that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Nancy P. Up next, we have Tanya D., followed by Phil M. Hi, uh, this is Tanya D., recovered compulsive over ear in Illinois. Um, and I definitely was one of these people that thought my human intelligence was uh, the end all and uh, be all. In fact, that's what I strived for. You know, before coming into this program, I strive for independence. I didn't want to depend on uh, any other people, certainly not on any higher power. You know, I thought it was stupid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like I was definitely uh, an atheist. Um, and um, the first time I saw the 12 steps um, and I saw the word God was like, this isn't for me. You know, I read about it on the Internet. Um, and it's only after I had exhausted all other options to try to control my eating that, um, you know, I came uh, into OA. 
And I did think I was, uh, I might be coming into a cult. <laughs> like that, that was my attitude. Um, and I share that partly because, um, it, like, it was really important for me to hear that there's a wide range of people in here when I came in, right? Because I think um, a lot of uh, atheists and agnostics come in thinking everybody here, like, believes in God and has always believed in God and, and so on. And it was really good for me to hear, like, both in this book and in the rooms that, there are a lot of people who um, felt the same way I did. Um, and then another important thing for me to hear was the, like, how is that working for you? You know, um, and I was, I'm really grateful that I had that gift of desperation to give up um, my vanity, uh, you know, as it says in this paragraph, and um, to try something different and to be open-minded. Um, and I haven't gotten to a point, like, you know, I haven't uh, joined an organized religion, which would be okay if I did, but I, that's not my path. And, you know, my spirituality um, looks, uh, you know, like some people's different from others. And that's what I really appreciate about uh, this book is, or this program really, is that it allows us to find our own path to our own higher power um, that works uh, for us. You know, sometimes I call my higher power God. Most of the time, I just use the term uh, HP. Um, I don't really know what my higher power is. And actually, for me, part of my spiritual growth is not trying to figure it out because um, even now, like my, you know, intelligence, like it's very tempting for me to try to like make uh, intelligence my higher power and to um, try to kind of understand everything and put everything into buckets. Um, and for me, part of my spirituality is to letting go of needing to know everything and needing to understand everything and just kind of focusing on what, um, what is, you know, in my power, like, like working the steps, you know, um, focusing on what I'm doing rather than what other people are doing and, and so on, like praying to accept the things I cannot change. Um, that is where I go to now rather than, um, you know, trying to like overpower the world with my, uh, human intelligence, which I've, I've come to realize, like, it just, it just doesn't work. Um, you know, and, and I'm really grateful that, uh, you know, the food brought me down to a point where I felt like I was out of ideas because if I wasn't, if I wasn't that bad, I would have looked at this and say, oh, like, you know, you're calling me vain, like, well, you know, you're all delusional and so on, right? I really had to be desperate to um, let go of this pride, right? Like, it, it really can kill. Um, and so, um, you know, and I'll, I'll just stop here. Thanks for letting me share. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tanya D. from Illinois. Up next, we have Phil M., followed by Gloria G. Hello. Thank you so much, Jen, for your service. Great to be here. Um, yeah, uh, when I heard this is our, our, our passage today, um, I was reminded of a bit of a wrestling that I had to do with my idea about my own intelligence, which I always felt inferior about. Um, the way Bill says he proved to the world that he was important, I had this desperate need to prove to the world that I was intelligent. Um, but then I got to thinking about, you know, that not being the sharpest tool in the box wasn't the worst thing in the world. If we took the world as being the box, seven billion odd people, um, there would be only one sharpest tool, one most intelligent person in that box. And the rest of us seven billion odd would have to be content with not being that sharpest tool. And that goes really for everything, because I can get competitive about anything, you know, um, being the kindest, being the funniest, all the rest of it, you know. 
So uh, this journey um, into recovery has been leading me to a place of self-acceptance, you know, even when I get things wrong and don't act, you know, the way I would like to act, the perfect way. Um, I'm just accepting that I'm human, that I'm perfectly imperfect, just like everybody else on the planet, and that's absolutely fantastic. And today I uh, put in the chat some a little different message, and I said I need uh, outreach, which I do. And two wonderful women have phoned me already, you know, concerned um, about me. Isn't that absolutely amazing? Absolutely great. And um, yeah, I just, I just, I'm so thankful to be on this journey, on this road of happy destiny with everyone here. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Phil M. I don't want to guess where you're from, so could you just tell us? Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Carrickford is the north of Ireland. Oh, north of Ireland. Okay, that's what you say, north of Ireland, Kike Ferguson. Okay, I knew I pretty much thought it was Ireland, but I couldn't remember. So uh, thank you, Phil M. from Ireland. Uh, she'll be on the member list. And then next up, we have Gloria D., followed by Mary M. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning, and thank you for your service, everyone. My name is Gloria G. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater with the history of anorexia and bulimia in Conway, Arkansas. Um, I was introduced to the um, 12-step program through another program in 1989, and um, I didn't know what to expect. When I was growing up, there was a commercial in San Diego that um, had a dark room with people standing in a line, and it said, my name is Ed, and I'm an alcoholic, and he'd light the candle next to him. My name is Joe, and I'm an alcoholic, and the same thing. It was this dark commercial, and I had no idea what to expect. And I thought it was going to be a laying on of hands or a pill or a, a program, some kind of thing. And when I heard God was the answer, my heart sank. I had always believed in God and, and had always prayed um, and always went to church, but I never relied on God to run my life or to solve my problems or it was more of, get me out of this situation and I'll do this, you know, and bargaining with God. And um, that never worked. So when I heard that the answer was in the steps was, was God, you know, the only the first one talks about our addiction, whatever that is. Um, it was just, you know, I can't believe I have to rely on God for this. But over the years, I mean, it took me, in that program, it took me about 12 years in and out, in and out, in and out to finally get it and, and surrender. And um, I had 16 years sober from, from that. And so, but I'm struggling terribly with my abstinence. And um, I get on my OA toolkit every morning and change my abstinence date. Okay, one more day. So I know it's been every single day in the month of December that I've had to change that day because I just surrender in the morning and I take it back. And I know I'm not fully surrendered. Um, so today I was talking to my sponsor and she says, well, I want you to call someone every hour. And I just want to say a couple of weeks ago, I got on this line or I shared and I asked for outreach calls. And I want to thank everyone who called me. I got about 10 calls 
And of course, I had a problem with my voicemail that day, so I didn't get to get back to everyone that called me, but I appreciated all your messages and your words of encouragement. I just feel the love from this meeting so much, and there's so much recovery here. But um, today, I'm going to make those outreach calls before I take that first bite. I'm going to treat it like a drink, like I would never think of taking a drink. So I'm going to treat it like I treat my my other addiction and and make those calls before I do that and bookend my calls. And, um, and I think that's time. So if you get a call from me, oh, I just want to say, if you're not on the member list, go in and put your number on the member list because there's so many times that I love what someone says and I want to talk to them about it. And I scroll through 5,000 names and there's no reference for them. So if you're not on that member list, put your name on the member list. And that with that, that a girl, Gloria. <laughs> oh, Gloria D. from Arkansas. Thank you so much for that uh, little uh informational uh, message there too. Yep, put your name on the member list. We're so glad you share with us, Gloria. You just keep coming back and keep making those calls. That's why we're here today is to recover together. Welcome home. Mary M., you're going to be up next, but before you get started, we're just going to take a brief pause. If you've just joined us on the line today, we're in the chapter entitled We Agnostics. We're in the big book on page number 49, and we're reading the first paragraph that starts with, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, and we're just reading and sharing on that one paragraph. Um, so I'll take another list of names after Mary M. Uh, pitches. Go right ahead, Mary. Hi, good morning, Jen. This is Mary M. from Chicago. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I so appreciate this paragraph. Um, this is where I'm at. And it's um, it's very very painful. I'm I'm abstinent. My food is down, um, but I tell you, I'm as squirrely as uh, man. My vision is so skewed right now. And I was taught to read the big book in the I form. So, um, you know, as I read this, um, I agnostic uh, chose choose to believe that my human intelligence is the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end of all. Um, you know, that's where I've been. You know, I have been the alpha. Um, you know, really, um, I appreciate the opening shares and everybody's, um, you know, just seems to be way, you know, past where I'm at right now. And um, I know there's hope for me. and. Um, and 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 I can only get better if I get involved. I I reached out yesterday and I got some suggestions. And um, you know it's it's crazy how this disease is because you know I know what to do. I know, but you know I just got really spiritually sick, you know, and started edging the corners off my program and. Um, and, and it's, it's so painful. Um, so I, I'm so grateful that I didn't, um, I didn't pick up. Um, but I know that, you know, being the alpha is, um, you know, it's just, there's no solution there. Uh, you know, a sick person can't cure a sick person. I am, I'm listening to my own lies. 
and um, everybody else is a problem. So um, I um, I appreciate uh, the suggestion yesterday, and um, and I feel so much better this morning. I I I took action yesterday, and that's really the key to this whole thing. Um, the the daily quote from the grapevine today it says. With a recovering alcoholic or a compulsive overeater, action has to come before understanding and faith. We have to act our way to right thinking rather than the reverse. So um, action, action, action for me um, so I can, um, I can, you know, I, I, this is just too painful. So um, I know this isn't the answer to, um, you know, the, the, the big book and and um, you know the suggestions that I was given really is the answer because I do feel better this morning. So thanks for listening. That's all I have. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Mary M. For, from Chicago. All right, we value everybody's experience that's on the line this morning. We ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others can share their experience also. I'll go ahead and take a list of names one at a time. Go right ahead. Kim A. Char, I heard Charles H. Kim A. Loretta H. Anita A. Christina J. Loretta H. Somebody L. Anita. Oh, that's who it was. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Anita. Did you get Christina L. Christina J. And there was one more person in there. Crystal, was that you? Yep, Crystal P. I think I heard Crystal P. All right, we'll stop there. Wow, you guys are good. Thank you so much. So sorry if I missed somebody in there, but this is who I heard this morning. Charles H., Kim A., Loretta H., Anita L., Christina J., and Crystal P. Take it away, Charles. Thank you, Mama B. Only I could call you that. It's a Colorado thing. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, yo, we are not a glum lot. I am so happy, so grateful to be amongst the living. Um, Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, for me, I believe lack of transparency is, is the indifference. And so is recovery a click? Absolutely. And, but, but it's inclusive. Anybody could join that click. Out of the 400-plus people on the line, um, it, it's exclusive if you don't want to follow the suggestion. It, but it is a click. It's a click that's inclusive. And you know what the click is? The 12 steps of this great book. That's the click. Most people won't join. Most people will be like, you know what? This is this, – I, I, I am not – like, so I'm – so intelligent spearhead, I'm intelligent to know that I turn into a pumpkin at 12 midnight. Sometimes during the day at work, I turn into a pumpkin. And, 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 and I can utilize this beautiful recovery of program. I ain't even say it right, but, you know, it, it's great. It, it, it's so, like, it's like, is this a click? Yes, it's a click, and it's inclusive. And if, if, if you're, so, Charles, if you're foolish enough to be intelligent, to know that you're foolish enough, you will immerse yourself in this beautiful ocean of recovery. So thank you, Mama Beer. Thank you, everybody. I make this meeting possible. I love you guys, and uh, have a great day on purpose.
<laughs> you too, Charles H. from New York. Up next, we have Kim A., followed by Loretta H. Hi, this is Kim A., also from New York, the beautiful bullshit of recovery. <laughs> um, I just wanted to share some things that have been so, so helpful in my recovery that I got from my sponsor. Although this first part I actually got from Joe and Charlie. We're not going to eat on the truth. Our problem, we know, is not our food. We know the problem is our thinking. And that's why we're studying the big book, right? We know that the action in the steps is going to bring us to the truth. We get the truth when we work steps four and five. That's great. But what's even better is that I've been recovered almost four years, and I get my truth every single day by living in 10, 11, and 12. And that means that throughout my entire day, not once, not only at night, I am sending 10 steps, if I need to, to my sponsor, not to, like, random people, not to, like, a whole group. And the reason that I do it like this is because my sponsor knows the beautiful bullshit of my recovery, right, or whatever that was. She knows me. She knows my shit, and she's going to call me on it because if I got those lies going on in my head that are going to make me squirrely, Right, And those lies are that it's all about other people. The truth, which I'm not going to eat over, is that it's me. It's my thinking. When I am disturbed, when I got some kind of problem going on, I'm the problem. Even if other people are doing something they shouldn't be doing or other people are, you know, this isn't to excuse other people's bad behavior. But I'm going to eat if I'm living in resentment and I'm living in self-pity and I'm you know, looking at how everybody is not doing right by me, because that's all a lie, focusing on them. That's not helpful to me. What's helpful to me is focusing on me, and the only way I can do that is by sending 10 steps throughout my day to the one person who helps me see my truth, um, because I still need help seeing the truth, even after all these years. So, for me, the actions that are helpful has nothing to do with managing my food. That doesn't work for me because that's not the problem. That just helps me. That just keeps me tied into my food obsession, right? If I know the problem isn't my food, then trying to manage my food is not the solution. The solution is taking the actions in these steps every single day so that I'm truth or my sponsor is helping me see the truth or God is helping me see the truth because I'm not going to eat on the truth. I'm only going to eat on the bullshit lies in my head. And I will pass with that. This is Kim A. in New York City. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kim A. Up next, we have Loretta H. followed by Anita L. Go right ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Kim. The Jim. Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. Thank you all, and I'd love to share before me. Um, along with my precious God, who saved my life, this um, program has saved my life. And uh, the shares made me think of God gaps. Uh, when I'm in an agnostic place, I have a God gap, and that is where my disease, the vanity comes in before the sanity. And I begin to act out on my character defects. 
So the connection and not the perfection, because that's my vanity, is the key for me today. And it's interesting. I had a job in the 60s where they actually patted my butt so that they made sure I had a girdle on. And then we had to show our fingernails. Somebody talked about fingernails the other day to make sure they were polished. So all of this I equated with, I, I have no knowledge. I've always thought I was stupid and less bad. And, but I equated that with humility because I was humiliated. So today that sanity and the sanity comes from that first step, the dash and I am unmanageable or my life is unmanageable or I need something to help me steer it in the correct direction and that is God's position system. Everybody says 10, 11, and 12. Some of you get my 11th and boy did I covet the other day. And I, I covet everything, but I covet everything because I want my outside better than my inside because that is what I was trained to do. And today, with God's grace and mercy, I have that reprieve of sending that out, talking to somebody somebody else says, in a 10-step, and being able to relieve the God gap, because without God, I am nothing. And I'm so grateful I did stay for the sanity instead of for the vanity. So today, with that, I pass, and you're all loved, and I'm so grateful I'm alive today. And we aren't a glove lot. Happy day, happy destiny. Mm, you too, Loretta H. Thanks so much. Up next, we have Anita L. Followed by Christina J. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Jen. This is Anita L. Uh, from outside of Philadelphia. And um, I didn't put my name in the first grouping of people because I missed the paragraph being read and came in on the second half of the share of the reader. So um, what I did here, though, tied in exactly to where I am this morning. And uh, thank you, God, where I've been for the past couple days, even though I didn't even realize it. Um. So my thinking, my thinking gets me into trouble. That's why I'm in this program, because I ate my way and behaved the way of an addict. And thank you, God, that I have finally found the solution. I've been living in the solution that this big book presents. And... You know, I've had many years of recovery in the past, and then I relapsed, and then I got my recovery back, and then I relapsed. And this time, it's been many, many, many months now that my thinking has changed. I have entire abstinence. That's one huge piece of it, but my thinking is changing and my writing this morning in my letter to my higher power, uh, and then what, then after meditating, what God wrote back to me is 
your thinking is changing. And I'm being open-minded. I I didn't realize that was my problem. Uh, you know, we, we do a four-step inventory. Well, I was thinking back during the shares. I think it's been since 2008 or 2009. Every single four-step I've done, which is at least 25 of them, I put this group of people in my four-step. And this past weekend, I got to live with this special group of people, and I can see the love that they feel for each other. And my thinking is changing. My way is not the way. And I don't have to put them on my four-step anymore. I can love and see that love is the answer. It's just a miracle. So I'm so grateful you have no idea because my son has chosen to live this way of life. And I was angry. And that's why they were on my four-step, that he was living that way. So... uh, Isn't it funny? My son got to teach me a huge lesson of love. So I'm grateful. And this meeting is the answer for me as well. So thank you. And with that, I pass. Awesome. Thanks so much, Anita L. from Philly. Up next, we have Christina J. followed by Crystal P. Go ahead, Christina. Morning, Jen. Morning, everyone. Christina J., North Carolina. So I looked up um, atheist and agnosticism because I never really have, and I wanted to really see. Atheism is the doctrine or belief that there is no God. In contrast, the word agnostic refers to a person who neither believes nor disbelieves in a God or religious doctrine. Agnostics assert that it's impossible to know how the universe was created and whether or not divine beings exist. So I don't claim to be either. I don't even think I had agnostic behavior per se. Um, And I went about my life thinking that my brain, the intuitive thoughts I would get from my own brain (laughs) were from God. So I always believed in something bigger and wonderful and just have always felt a connection, you know. And um, so... Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation. I don't relate to this agnostics or atheist thing, but I did have an intelligence I believed in. I believed that God was talking through my brain, but for some reason it wasn't working. I, I couldn't connect the dots to why, you know, why my career wasn't working, why my life wasn't working right. And so I just couldn't figure it out. And food was the comfort, you know, food's that comfort. I was the, my brain was the alpha and the omega. So what does this mean that instead of regarding ourselves as intelligence agents, spearheads, spearheads, what this program takes me to is being of maximum service to this, this God through program, maximum service. Not for my own gain. That was the problem with my thinking before. All my thinking was for my own gain. I had good intention. You know, I have a good moral character inside. But it was really for my own gain. I wanted people to see me, love me, acknowledge me, validate me. You know, I wanted to be famous. I wanted all that stuff. 
Um, and that's my own game. Now, there was good intent behind it. I thought maybe when I get famous, I can help people. But I tell you what, that, that's not helping anybody. What's helping people today is that my humbleness and my realness and my rawness from being beat down into a pile of shit from this disease and becoming humble and real and raw inside, that's what helps people because they can relate to that feeling. People that are in this program, you've been beaten down. Otherwise, you wouldn't give a shit about this meeting. You're here to find healing. And there's healing here in these steps. It teaches me how to be a spearhead of God, an intelligent agent that's not just for myself, you know, that I can spearhead out there. You know, I listened to an AA speaker the other day, and it broke my heart because there's so many of us suffering. This is a serious effing disease, you know. I had to get out of the way. I had to get out of the way to take these steps and to find healing. You know, I kept making excuses, and, you know, my brain kept telling me, oh, you can eat this, you can eat that. You know, you're, you're restless, you're irritable. You have, you have a right to eat something today, a little bit of extra abstinent food, this, that, the other. You know, it doesn't work. We have to just really put ourselves down and take these steps. You don't have to worry about finding God today. You know, you find him in the 9, 10, 11, and 12. Get through that uh, revelation process that happens in 4 through 9. Your self is revealed. Your true self is revealed. And then you connect to something bigger than yourself. Don't worry about it now if you're new. Just do the action Action is taking the steps across the bridge, you know, towards the light. You might not know what the light is. You might not feel it, but it's taking the steps towards that light. And if you end up being, you know, I don't believe in God or I don't know if there's a God or whatever, so what? You'll find love. You'll find something to connect to that will give you answers, that intuitive guidance we get when we're doing step 11. So that's my share today, and I hope it helps someone and Oh, I pass. Thank you. Love you all. Love you, too. You're helping me, girl. North Carolina, Christina J., thanks so much for your share. Up next, we have Miss Crystal P. Go right ahead, Crystal. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. And uh, what really stood out to me was just, you know, five years into recovery, I'm just amazed by how God keeps showing me that I still think that my human intelligence is the last word. And he keeps showing me how limited it is every time I'm so sure that I know I'm dead wrong. You know, for the last um, eight months or so this past year, I've been working with a new manager at work and I've been having a hard time because uh, her management style is just so different from what I'm used to and from my previous leader. And I found that what was happening, I felt like she was doing the parts of my job that I love and that I was kind of left with the parts of the job that I kind of tolerate but don't really love. And that was really taking away sort of the joy of my work. And um, last Friday, our team sort of had a meeting. And I was amazed to find that actually a lot of my colleagues felt like this. And they were able to share this with my manager. And for the last couple of days, she w- she's actually been changing. Like she's been actively trying to, you know, step away, not not sort of do our work for us, let us do our work. And uh, this w- past Wednesday, I was working on a document. I was so happy to be like working on it with me and my colleague, you know, uh, doing our thing and we will show it to our manager later. And I step away for lunch and we're going to come back and finish it. When I come back after lunch, I open up the document 
I can see that she, my manager, is in it and that half, most of the documents been completed beyond what we had already done. I was so livid. I was so livid and I was so sure I knew what happened and that I was going to, like my, when I rely on my own human intelligence, my only instincts are one, run, start going and looking for other jobs to frantically fix the situation. So I'm going to go in, erase everything that she's done and just rewrite all of it because I'm so angry or my knee jerk reaction, which is call her up and say, did you go in there and finish the document for us? And passive aggressively intimate that I hate how she's managing our team. But I'm so grateful because instead of doing any of those things, to not trust my human intelligence and to pause after five years of evidence that my human intelligence doesn't work, thank you, God, I paused. I waited. I did nothing, which is actually the hardest action to take is to do nothing. Instead, I went to God. I picked up the phone. I called my sponsor. And because of that, what I found out after was that my manager never touched that document. It was my colleague. It was a team member who was supposed to go in there and do stuff, went in and did it. And thank you, God, I didn't do any of the things that were in my mind to do. God saved me from that because I can't see the picture or really any picture through the foggy glasses of my disease, even five years into recovery. And what I learned is that when I trust God and not my human intelligence, I have the courage to take the most important action, which is no action. Just wait and pause and let God reveal the right action for me to take. Thanks for letting me share it, Pass. Thank you so much, Crystal P. from Canada. All right, we have time for two more shares. Is there anybody out there today? Jessica C. Jessica C. Mary F. I'm sorry, was that Lori F.? Mary. Mary. I keep getting the Marys wrong today. Thank you, Mary F. All right, Jessica C., go right ahead. Thank you. Hi, this is Jessica C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in Ontario, Canada. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the shares this morning. It really brought this passage to life for me. And um, I realized that, um, that, you know, I have this tendency to obsess over situations in my life that um, are not going my way and um, it doesn't feel like I'm um, you know I'm the alpha and the omega in those moments I you know it feels it doesn't feel comfortable or that I'm in control when I'm uh, in that obsession that's that obsession um, thought pattern but I just realized that that's what I'm doing, that I'm, that I'm trusting my own intelligence, that I'm, um, I'm telling myself that if I just think hard enough about something or long enough about something, that I can figure it out. And, and when I was um, eating compulsively, you know, I would eat compulsively to get a break from that obsession thought pattern. Um, it would numb me out from the pain of, of trying so hard to figure things out on my very limited uh, human capacities. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm just really grateful today for um, the, uh, you know, the awareness that I, I can turn these situations over to God. I can trust God with these situations. Um, and, 
I, you know, I, I feel neutral. I can feel neutral, but I can also feel hopeful when I do that. I, Cause I, I do have evidence today of God, um, doing, doing for me what I could not do for myself. Um, when I was eating compulsively, I went to great lengths to try to control it, um, to the point where I was harming my health, um, very, in a very severe way. Um, and now, you know, it used to be that eating, eating compulsively every day was a central fact of my life. And that is just not true today. Uh, and I see God doing other things too. I see him absolutely working on my behalf. So, um, just really grateful for this reminder that my capacities just, they get me nowhere. They get me on a hamster wheel going nowhere. I just bring myself more pain. Um, so yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jessica C. from Ontario. Up next is Mary F. Mary, you got a couple minutes. Go right ahead. Good morning. This is Mary F., um, a compulsive overeater from Virginia. And um, I'm just so grateful for the shares this morning. They have helped me uh, to understand so much about this disease. Um, today, I have a Mohs surgery scheduled. And uh, in doing the 11th step with my sponsor, um, you know, we, I had offered my prayers. And, um, <clears throat> and we talked about how that even in my surrender, um, I still was taking control of the situation. And that's been something that I've struggled with um, and I'm unable to see clearly um, is that I still was asking God to do what I wanted God to do. And and in that, there was a sense of my um, fear of letting go. Um, So I did a fear inventory as per her suggestion. And um, what I realized is that even in my surrender, I can still be controlling it um, by my words and my thoughts. My thinking is so tuned to me getting it done, to me doing it, instead of just saying this morning, Lord, I really don't want to do this today, and I'm afraid. It's fear that's rising up in me, and I have no power to do anything about that, none. And that is my surrender, uh, that I'm powerless. I don't have any power, um, but God does. So it changed my whole understanding about what I need to do today. And I'm so grateful for her wisdom and for the wisdom of everybody on the line. So um, for today, I'm powerless. Um, I'm afraid, and there's nothing I can do about it other than to ask God um, to remove that defect of character. So um, thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. And Thanks, Mary F. Where are you from again, please? Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Thank you so much. I didn't know if I missed that. So thank you so much, Mary F., for taking us out today. What a great and awesome meeting. And thank you, everybody who shared, everybody who joined on the line and listened. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that's going to immediately follow this closing. Get your pen and paper because if you missed the first of the meeting or any of the meeting or you want to go back and hear what people said, here is your share ID for today, Thursday, December 15th. 
All right, it's 19,756. That's 19756. All right, we're now going to close with the reading from the big book. It's on page 164, and we're going to follow it up with the serenity prayer. Will Nancy C. please read a vision for you? Thanks, Jen. Nancy C. gratefully recovered in Ann Arbor, Michigan this morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.